I firmly believe that these four uh, that we are going to see a tremendous increase in the Ark Fellowship. I believe that God is going to bring a number of people into our midst and trusting God for that. And I'm believing God for that. There's going to be a lot of people coming in and God is going to be bringing them, I believe. And I'm praying for that and I'm believing God for that because we have a work to do. Uh, uh, The message today is about working in the house of God. We have a lot of work to do. And God has called you. Many times a lot of Christians don't realize that when you, are, when you become a Christian, it's not just to have the good life. God is enlisting you into his army. For you to work for God. That's why he created you in Christ in the first place. And if you don't understand that, you totally miss God on the earth. You have to understand that. You cannot stay idle as a Christian. You have to get your hands occupied doing something for God. Otherwise, the desire will not be there. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Meaning, if you don't have the hunger and the thirst for righteousness, something is wrong. You are not blessed. You are blessed when there is the hunger there. When you don't feel any need for God, something is wrong. You were not created to be that way. And so when you have no desire for the things of God, something is seriously wrong. Nobody can cure you but him. But you have to be willing. Because if you let that stay in your heart and you happen to pass from this life, only then you will realize you have been sick all along. Not physically sick, but spiritually sick. That's why as a pastor, we pray for people. You can't change anybody. You can't make them serve God. You just can't do that. Only God and, and they themselves cooperating with God to give them the desire for Him. That's what this is all about. It's not about number. It's about knowing God and, and God ministering to you in a very personal way that you know you know God. That's what this thing is all about. It's not to fill this place, but to do work for God. And it's a pain for me sometimes, you see, there's nothing you can do. They just watch and pray that God will do something in this person's life, whoever that is, so that they can, they can understand what life is really all about. Jesus said, their ears, they've closed. They don't understand. They can see. They have eyes but they can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear. And their heart, dull, they can't understand. He says, lest they understand with their heart, see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and turn, and I shall heal them. 
when you turn, you position yourself, then God has no choice but to bless you. But He wants to bless, but most people don't know how to really see. Most people don't know how to really hear. And they can't really understand. And they just live in life just like everybody else, ordinary. But when you understand that there is a God, and that God truly wants to be a part of your life, not to trap you or to enclose you, but to make life better for you, so that all that can see that God is good. That's what this thing is all about. Jesus died so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. And as you walk with God, by and by, people will begin to see that God is good in your life. Kenneth again talked about it. He said, my family, when I got saved, they all cursed me and they thought something was wrong. And before long, some of the family members said, yeah, you can say all you want to say about Kenneth again, but our kids are constantly sick, but his kids are always fine. And they began to recognize that God was good in his life. That's what this thing is all about. So God has called us. You see, the title of the message is, The Worker Gets Paid. The worker gets paid. You can never work and not get paid. God has called you to work for him. And I'm going to share that with you from the scriptures today. And you can choose to understand it and follow through, or you may choose, that's not for me, it's really up to you. But my job is to tell you the truth. Just to tell you the truth. That's my job. And when you, but when you follow through, and God begins to minister and use you, and your life begins to change, and God begins to bless your family, I can truly sit back and enjoy it. But everyone will not hear. Many are called, but few are chosen. But today, rule to God. I'm praying that everyone that's gathered here today will truly hear and follow through. That's what this is all about. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, he's, this I'm reading from the New uh, Century Version. He says, God has made us what we are. When you are born again, God made you who you are. God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do works, good works. What did God make you for? Good works. He made you in Christ Jesus, or he created you in Christ Jesus to do good works. And these good works, God planned in advance. Before Jesus came, God was planning good works for you to do. And then he created you in him so that you can do the good works that he had planned for you. He planned these good works in advance for us to live our lives worth doing. The question is, do you even know what God's planned for you to do? What are you doing? Is it what God planned for you to do? Or what you dreamed? Or what you saw others doing and you just following? 
What did God plan for you to do? Good works. What does good work? What does that mean? You know, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, he says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good. So that's good works, what? God anointed him. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So he went about doing good and healing. So when you, God calls you, he calls you to do good. So how did Jesus do good? Have you read the scriptures? How? What good did he do? Just healing? He separated healing from. Read, read that. And healing all who were oppressed. God anointed him to do good works and heal all those who were oppressed. So what good work? If you read in the gospel, what, what, what was he doing? He went from place to place preaching the gospel. That's good works. You tell me one thing else that he did that the Bible recorded. From place to place, he was preaching gospel, good news, good work. That's what he did. A lot of Christians get saved, and that's why there is no power in your life. Your mouth is shut. You don't even talk to your, even your friend in the office, don't even know what you believe. It's as if you're ashamed of him. And Jesus said, in Matthew 10, he said, if you are ashamed of me in the world before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven and before his angels. And if Jesus is ashamed of you, you're not getting there. Christians need to understand, it's not about going to church. It's not about shaking the preacher's hand. That won't help anybody. We have to do good works. Preaching the gospel is truly good works. When you read in the scriptures, and the Bible, Jesus gave a parable of the good Samaritan who was beaten, bloodied by thieves. And this man came and helped him. There is only one thief. The thief. That's Satan. Right? Oh, look all around you. He's beating people up, stealing from them, destroying them, destroying their families. And you know the truth. And you are the priest. But you walk the other way without saying anything to them. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't be bothered by it. You have the solution, Jesus is, but you said nothing. You are afraid of offending them. The man is looking for help, and you went by the other way. Jesus said, if you stop and you take care of him, you minister to him, pour oil in his, into his wounds. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take care of him. Pay the preacher to teach him. Take care of him. When I come, I'll pay you. And when he says, you have a neighbor, that's your real friend. And God will bless you. Jesus said, that's the way the kingdom of God is. 
The kingdom of God is likened to this type of thing. What am I doing? All this bless me, bless me, me, my family, and all that stuff. We need to wake up. There's much to do. Philippians 2 verse 13, it says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do. God works in you both the power to want to do it and the power to do it. Why? For his good pleasure. He enjoys it when you're doing it. You give God pleasure when you're doing this thing. He created you to do this so he can have pleasure from what you're doing. That's sacrifice. God-smelling sacrifice before, before the presence of the living God when we do these things before God. You know, God is in the business of employing people to work for him. God is in the business of employing people to work for him, and he hasn't stopped. Doesn't mean you have to be a full-time minister. I think I've, been on, I've only been a full-time minister in 10 years. I did a lot of things, the things that I share for the most part, are the things I experienced before I became a minister. I did a lot. I was, he was, I was restless. I, I wanted these things. I, I dreamed, I, God, could you just come, let me be a minister? He wasn't talking to me. <laughs> I really wanted to go. That was years back. But he was in time. God has his own time, has his own season. Thank God I'm doing it. That didn't stop me. I got to do work for my God. Amen. I got to work for him. Not just going to church. I tell you what, when you begin to work for God, your heart will be there. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. When you invest in a child, if you, I've always wondered, you know, I never had no adopted child, but I wonder how, to, how can a man love an adopted child so strongly to the point where they are willing to even die for that child. They want to do anything. They'll throw their money and say, that's not your child. Why? They invested in that child. They spent time. And when you do something for God, and you spend that time, you're praying, crying, your heart is there. Your heart is connected to that, and that's a good thing. Because then God opens the windows of heaven, and He begins to pour. Your family becomes so important to Him. Just like the family of Abraham. He take care of your family, your children, so that your name will not be forgotten. Because you did not forget, forget His name. This is what this is all about. He is the one that gives you the power to will because he created you for good works. So he gives you the power to will, to have the desire to do, and then he empowers you to do it so that he can bless you. And he enjoys it every time you do this thing. And God is employing people. And I read one of the scriptures that God used in, in inviting me to this work. This is the scripture. That's when Angela and I realized God has called us to ministry. Came years later. And, and it was very confusing when it came. But then as I studied the scripture, I began to realize God wants to employ people. And when you employ people to work for you, and you don't pay them, you become an unjust employer. 
God can never be an unjust employer. When God asks you to work for him, he'll take care of you. That's why I know for my family, uh, we're going to be taken care of. I'm not having any worry. We will always have in abundance. Uh, If you get angry, you can leave. It's okay. (laughs) God will always take care of us. We've got people get upset, but God will take care of us. I'm not depending on anybody on him. When you work for God, he'll take care of you. When the Bible says God is a jealous God, he's, don't touch that one, that's mine. That's mine. He will put his life down to make sure your family is okay. When you turn everything over to him and say, God, it's all for you. I know I'm not perfect, but I want you. I want you in my life. I want you in my family. He embraces you and embraces your family. <coughs> Amen. Excuse me. In Matthew 20, he says, For the kingdom of heaven, from verse 1 through 8, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. So the landowner there is God himself, the king of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. He's like the landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. So what is the king of the kingdom looking for? Laborers. Get it? Laborers. Not people to attend church. He likes that. But he's actually looking for what? Laborers. People to work for him. So he can pay them. Laborers. He went out early. That's significant. He wanted somebody to work. So he went out early to look for laborers. His vineyard, Jesus said, the field is already what? White for harvest. God is looking for laborers. He says to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a a generous a day, he sent them into his vineyard. So he found some people, I'm going to pay you. He sent them in to work. And then he went out about the third hour. So that was early, maybe around six. The third hour, he went out again to look for more laborers. And, and he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I'll give you. Notice what he did. He didn't agree with them on anything. He just said whatever is right. Because his mind... I'll pay you just like I paid the first group. So there was no agreement. And this guy thought, this is a good deal. We'll take the risk. We'll go. And we'll walk in your vineyard. And then he went out again. In the sixth hour. And then also in the ninth hour. And he did likewise. Likewise meaning he was not telling them what he was going to pay them. He said, you just go in and work. I'll give you what is right. I like God to give me what is right when I work for him. Don't you? I like him. Talk to me. I'll work for you. Give me what is right. Because when God gives you what is right by God, you will have no place to, to keep the, what he's given to you. You have no room for it. So they went to work for him. And then he says that he went out again about the 11th hour. And he found certain people standing idle and said to them, 
Why have you been standing here idle all day? You know what? He doesn't want you not to be busy for the kingdom. Amen? You can't just stand there doing nothing all day. Go in and work. And he said he would do, he would pay them what was right. And then if you read in verse 8, it says, So when evening had come, evening means when the time for reward came. It's time to pay them. The owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages. Beginning with the last to the first. Why? The kingdom of God is like this, right? People work for God and he pays you. Right? You see, there are two kinds of labor. There is secular labor, there is spiritual labor. There is earthly labor, and if you work earthly labor, you'll be paid. You can't work without you being paid. You won't go back to work. You will protest. I work, and he's not paying me. Earthly labor, and there is Heavenly labor. When you do heavenly work, God will pay you heavenly wages. And when you receive heavenly wages, your life on earth will be heavenly. Amen. Because the spiritual has dominion over the natural. Everything you see came from the unseen world. Everything you see, the gold and everything, they came from the unseen world. They're all from there. God blesses you in the unseen world, but the blessing appears in the natural world. When you work for God, He's going to pay you. That's what Jesus is saying. If Christians understand this principle, they will be out there. That's why I don't fight ministers who are prosperous. Uh-huh. They say, well, that's a prosperity preaching. <laughs> oh, fellow, you don't, you don't understand. These guys don't sleep for the kingdom of God. They're running back and forth. They're not thinking the money. All they want is minister to people. They're crying with people. And so God has to enable them to go around the world. Some is giving pain. And the others are complaining. You're complaining, but you're sitting there doing nothing. You can't even go across the street to talk to your neighbor, and this guy is flying the world, and you're criticizing him, sitting down doing nothing. No wonder you got nothing, and he's got everything. Keep crying. When you work for God, he pays you. And if he's not wanting to pay you here, he has a purpose, something even greater. But right here, he's going to make sure your needs are met. Paul had that. Paul said, I'm abundantly supplied. I got everything. I'm getting this thing from you, not because I need it, but because I need to show, I need the proof of your devotion to him as you supply my needs. I need that proof so that God will bless you. And he shared with them, if you sow sparingly, God, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you know that he was teaching them how to really make it in the kingdom of God. God is not opposed to you being wealthy or having things. He just don't want things to have you. Uh-huh. Uh, 
I've seen fellows, you know, they have this. Li- I saw a guy when I was working at the medical center. He's got, he had a, this BMW. That was his God. Every time I drove, I got to work, he was out cleaning this red BMW. And then he has this stuff that he uses to cover it up. So you won't know what he's got. And then when I'm leaving, he's out there cleaning and I'm thinking, I saw you cleaning that stuff in the morning and you covered it up. Would you stay cleaning? He's got to be him, doubly. That's his God. I told myself I'll never pass close to his car because the day I hit that car, I'm, I'm gone. He's going to finish me. <laughs> That's it for me. He's going to finish me up. His car had him. So God's not opposed to you having things. He wants to bless you. There's much work to be done. If you read in John chapter 4, verse 14, I mean verse 34 through 37, it says, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of of him who sent me and to finish what? His work. So there's work to be done. I don't want to eat anything. Just leave me alone. I got work to do. And that work is my food right now. To finish that work. He says, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who, this is where I'm going, he who reaps, what receives what? You know, many times we want to talk about heaven. No, no, he's talking about here, here. Right here too. When you go out and reap, he's going to pay you. There's labor. You work for God, he's going to pay you. Paul said, if he has sown spiritual things into your life, you ought to sow physical things into his life. When you do that, God brings back to you. God is not an unjust employer. Get busy for him. Amen. And he who reaps receives, verse 36, he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. In other words, when you work for God, he'll pay you right here. And then you are gathering fruit for your enjoyment when you get up there. Can you get it? How simple. He's not just paying you when you get up there. You gather fruit for your enjoyment when you get there. But right here, he's going to pay you. You're wondering why you're hurting? Because you're not working for God the way you should. If you work for God, he'll take care of you. They may laugh at you today when you start, but they'll be singing your praise when God is through with it. So God says, don't despise the days of small beginnings because the small beginnings will lead to a great end. That's what God does. We have to follow God and walk with God. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit unto eternal life. We need to realize that. And Jesus said this very clearly. 
that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. We're working together in this. Let me show you what, I don't want to go further, but let me show you where this is going, sir. Matthew chapter 28. And I'm going to close here and continue this next week. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. Go, therefore. Every believer, go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. How many things? That's what I'm doing this morning. I'm teaching you to observe, not some things, all things that I've commanded you. The business, we are in the business of making disciples. Making disciples takes time. There's energy involved. You have to decide what you want to do. There's work to be done inside. Making, the, making disciples is not winning people to Christ. That's not all of it. So there is a lot to be done. Some reap, some sow, others reap. And they rejoice together. Because God is blessing them together. There's a lot of work to be done. We need to go out and bring them. Somebody needs to be ushering out there. It's all making disciples. Somebody needs to take the offering. Somebody needs to be teaching Sunday school, working with the children, all of these things. You bring them. It's a lot of work to be done in the house of God. It, it, you have to find your place and begin to do work. We have media ministry right there. Somebody needs to, you know how to do it. You, you have all these gifts, but what are you doing with it? He's needed in discipleship making. Find your place there. Did somebody needs to teach children? Find your place there. You can teach. You say, well, I really don't know how. I don't, I don't think I have this gift. That's the same thing Moses did with God. He says, I, I can't speak. God said, who made man's mouth? Okay. Go. Amen. Go. Find your place in discipleship making. Making disciples. We need to do that. That's what this is all about. Some are sowing, others are joining. And when you do that together, everybody is rejoicing. When the Ark Fellowship decides, we are all going to be involved in winning people and discipling them and making disciples. We want this place full. You watch what's going to be happening in your family. God will make sure that no family has any need so that his work will not be stopped. And God will fight for them. When the disciples were doing their stuff and winning souls, Paul was persecuting them. You remember the story? And Jesus himself appeared to Paul. He says, you are persecuting me. Paul said, I have never seen you before. How did this happen? If you do it to them, you're doing it to me. They're mine. You're not going to stop them. The best thing for you to do, Paul, okay, uh, you're not going to win. Join them. 
And he did. He did and became one of the greatest. You need to serve. How many remember Philip and Stephen and five others? You know when, how they started their discipleship making serving tables. Just helping to feed people. That's how Philip started. That's how Stephen and five others started. Taking care of tables so that the, the apostles can give themselves to prayer and the winning of souls. Their job was to serve table. That was their portion in disciple making. And guess what? God would never leave you there. Stephen became the first one to honor God with his life. And in fact, when Stephen was dying, you know, the Bible said Jesus went up and sat by the Father's right hand. But when Stephen was dying and he saw Jesus, guess what Jesus was doing? He was standing to receive him. The greatest honor for a man. God standing to welcome you back home. He got up from his throne to welcome this servant that started ministry, discipling people by serving tables. Now that's not for me. Uh, I've been a Christian for five, ten years. Uh, call that young man to go and do that stuff. I need to be behind the pulpit. Just sit down. You don't need to be anywhere. Go home. The little things. Stephen, I mean, uh, Philip, he became one of the greatest evangelists of all time. That's the evangelist. If you read in Acts 20, he is the evangelist, Philip. He started with seven tables. God won't leave you there. He'll promote you. Amen? And put a lot of honor on your life so that people will respect you. But you've got to start somewhere. Sometimes we are too proud for our own good. We're just too proud. I don't want to go out knocking on doors. What if they insult me? They get despised in the face of Jesus. Who are you? Let's humble ourselves before God. Amen? Find your place in God's house. Put your hand on the plow and begin to do work for God. Let me tell you this, and I'll close with this. If you don't serve God, you may never ever know Him really well. Not on this side of heaven. Until you serve Him, you may never really know God. You may never hear him speak to you. God has spoken to me. I know that. He spoke to me about the Ark Fellowship. And that's where we are today. He spoke to me 2001. I was in Nigeria when he said that to me. I didn't understand it. But here we are today. I know he spoke to me because I got it written. I had a fellow reading what God has spoken to me one time. That was before I became a minister. He was, Dr. MB, he was traveling with me. And I had these things that I've written uh, possibly in 19, uh, let me see, 1998. But this was 2000. And he had followed me preaching from place to place. 
One day we were in the hotel room and he picked that book and he was reading. And what was written on that page, that's what he had been seeing everywhere he went with me. He, he yelled back, good luck, when did you write this? I said, the date is on there. He said, you mean you wrote this thing then? I said, yes. He couldn't say a word. He couldn't believe it. Because he, was, he had seen with his own eyes the things that were written on that paper. That God spoke to me before the ministry. When you serve God, he'll reveal himself to you. If you refuse to serve and get involved, get involved in Sunday school, find your place in the house of God. I said in the beginning, God is going to, I'm believing God for a great harvest for our church. I need your help. Can you get where I'm going? I need your help. God needs your help so we can walk together. Find your place. Stand up with me this morning. I know this is not a shouting message. Uh, but believe me, when it's over, you'll be shouting. <laughs> when you obey, you will be shouting. Because God would have done so much in your life. And brought, he would have brought so much peace into your life. We are enjoying a lot of peace in my home. Because of God's goodness to us. Amen. Lift your hands up to the Lord today. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hears my voice and you open, he said, we will come in. Make, hear his voice today as you've heard the message and make a commitment to God by telling him, I'm going to serve you. What is it? If this is the church, and you pray that, if God has not asked you to be in the Ark Fellowship, I won't be offended if you find somewhere else. But pray, and there's a reason why he brought you here. There's a reason why you're hearing this message today. It's not coincidence. All of these things are planned from the foundations of the world. If you're here today, and you are a part of this place, ask God, God, this is where you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Please let me know. God, by and by, if your heart is right and you're sincere, He'll show you. It may not be what you expect, but He'll show you. If you obey Him, you won't remain there. Even if it's something little, you won't stay there for long. As you are faithful, God will tell you, you have been faithful in what I asked you to do. Now, something else much greater than that let's commit ourselves to him today please be serious before God lift your hands up to him and tell him God I'm committed to your work I know that I was created in Christ to do good works and to spend the rest of my life doing just that and if you haven't been doing that, that's the reason he called you to himself. He's going to minister to you today. Spirit of the living God, minister to everyone that's standing here before you. Especially to those who don't know you as their Lord and their Savior. Open your heart and pour your love into their hearts in Jesus' name. 
Grant us your power and your strength to obey you. Give us the desire, according to the scriptures, that you are the one who gives us the power to will and to do that which is your good pleasure. Do that for us today, God. We recognize and know that you are a good God and that you are faithful. Your love remains forever. And we do know that you love us. We know that you love us. In Jesus' name. David, I need you to come up here. Prayer partners, I need you to come up, please. (coughs) Excuse me. I really feel strongly God wants to minister to your needs this morning. If you have any need in your life and you need God's help, let these people agree with you in prayer. God will answer from heaven, whatever that is. 